today, we, we start a really, really, really significant series, right? And um, uh, we're going to be doing this for the next three weeks. We're going to be talking about where is God leading us, not just this year, but for this season. And it's, it's going to be very significant. And then we're going to start our first campaign of the year. You know, campaign is where we get a whole bunch of small groups and uh, the children have the, some curriculum, and we're going to do a campaign called Daring Faith, where we're going to be challenged to just step out in, in faith, in, in daring faith. And so we'll be doing that at the end of January, and that's going to be um, really, really awesome. But, but for these next three weeks, I wanted to talk about um, this season that I think is just beginning. And uh, it's a really, really significant one that I, I'm really excited, but I'm also, you know, there's a part of me is like, man, this is kind of scary. It, it reminds me of how I felt when we started the church in 2004. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a call, it's, it's a vision that God's given to us, and it's going to take all of us. And, and not only is it going to take all of us, it's going to take more than all of us. And it's huge. And it's going to make a real impact in our city and in our state and hopefully beyond. And what's really exciting to me is that, you know, as I was looking back at the vision that God gave us when we started the church in 2004, um, it really hasn't changed. The vision hasn't changed. But what I look back and I, and I think, man, God, you've been so faithful for what I would call that first season in the life of our church God has been so faithful. And I look back and I, and, I, and, I, and I see that nothing has changed, but now God is saying, here's this incredible, challenging new step as you venture on in the vision that I had and have for you. You know, back in 2003, I was really praying and I said, God, you know, show me what is it that you want us to do. And, uh, and I felt real clear, and I, I was praying for months, and I, I, I put together a document that I was going to be sharing with people as we headed out uh, from Moanalua Gardens Missionary Church. And the first thing that God put on my heart was that we were supposed to raise up future generations, future generations of fully devoted followers of Christ. And God gave me a real heart for the generation called Gen X. And at that time, in 2004, this was a generation in the 20s and 30s. And I'm part of the boomer generation, but I just love that generation. And I still love that generation, you know. And, and I felt like what God was saying was, shoot for the stars, Mark. Just shoot for the stars. And what I took that to mean was shoot for the people, just aim for the people that will be making a difference in our city and in our state over the next 20 years. Shoot for the stars of that generation. And that's what we did. And that, that God's instruction was to shoot for the stars and, and, and be a church where they could grow as disciples and extend God's kingdom in Hawaii and beyond. And that's what we did. We focused on that. And I was so grateful for people that who were in the, you know, the World War II generation, the, the ones that are a little older than I am, and all the boomers that came along and, and we all had a mission that we were going to create a church for people who aren't here yet. 
that I'm so blessed by those who came along who were boomers and older because they knew what the target was. But we had a mission to accomplish. And God said, we're going to be a church that raises up future generations. And that hasn't stopped. That hasn't ended. I also felt like God said, we're going to be a multi-generational church. That that we're going to be a church, not just of one generation, but of different generations. And that, that we would work together and to fulfill God's call for this church and extend his kingdom. You know, I think of, um, like, my mother-in-law and Auntie Sally, you know, they're like in their 80s, and Auntie Sally's like 92 or something like that. And, uh, and you know what? They have a huge part that they're not just eye candy or anything like that. They're important part. We would not be here today if it weren't for them because they pray like nobody else that they just pray. And, and we need them. And that we needed everybody. And that we, I just had this vision that we were going to be a church of all these generations and we're all working together to accomplish what God has for us. And then I felt God say, when we were at Mauna I felt God say, go back to Kaka'ako. And everybody that I talked to and all the church planning experts and all that, they said, Mark, you got to go where the population is growing. You got to go west. You just got to go west. But God said, Mark, you got to go back to Kaka'ako. And what does that mean to go back to Kaka'ako? Moanalua Gardens had its roots at, in, at, at this church called Kaka'ako Mission. It was right here in Kaka'ako. And then when um, they had to leave their building, they moved and they moved over to Moanalua Gardens Missionary Church now, right behind uh, Moanalua, that park, Moanalua Gardens, hence the name Moanalua Gardens Missionary Church. And we're a church that started out of that church. And so our roots really lie at Kaka'ako Mission. And God was saying, go back to Kaka'ako. Even though everybody said, ah, I don't know, you got to go west, you got to go west. And churches were being started all over on the west, but God said, go back to Kaka'ako. And Kaka'ako in 2004 was not the construction center that it is uh, today. But back in July of 2003, in an article in Hawaii Business Magazine um, called The Future of Kaka'ako, the author reports that an un, in an unprecedented effort to revive Kaka'ako, which is currently a mixed-use, light industrial, commercial, and retail area, UH is working along with HCDA, which oversees the development in that area, and both Kamehameha Schools and Victoria Ward at that time to devise a joint master plan for the area. And when I read that, it was like confirmation, and I knew I was just so excited because God was calling us to be a part of his plan to bring revival in the midst, you know, to bring a spiritual revival in the midst of this effort to revive uh, Kaka'ako. And 16 years later, you look back and you think, man, how much has changed uh, in, in our island and in this part of the island? And God brought us here for a reason, and he brought us here for a purpose that from the very get-go, as I would walk around Kaka'ako and I would walk to ward theaters, and I would say, God, you know, what is it that you're calling us to? And I felt like God said, Mark, every person that comes here, that comes here to, to gather here and Kaka'ako, uh, was known to be a gathering place. That's part of what its name means. I felt like we were to, to gather people that would come who, who came here to play, to connect with others, to, to, 
to work here, and maybe to live here. But just people who would frequent, I just was at the theaters, and I would go to the theaters a lot just to see all the people gathering. And I, said, and I felt God say, Mark, these are the people. These are the people that, that, that I want you to be a part of the revival. You know, for all the people that come to this area. And then every time I looked there, I would see in, people in their 20s and their 30s, you know, going up to theater, David Busters, all that stuff. And I said, that's the people. That's the people that God has called us to. And I was really excited. And when I look back on 2018, man, you know how you look back and things are real clear? It's so clear to me that 2018 was a year in which God was preparing us for the next season in his call for all of us. That he showed us, he revealed to us the things that we were doing okay, and then he revealed things that, man, we just need to work on, you know. And uh, he was preparing us for new wineskins and changes that, that we needed to make and changes that were necessary for us to walk in this next season in the life of our church and in his call for us. And this past year, God made it so clear to us, so very clear, that church is not where we go. We don't go to church. Church isn't something we do. We don't do church. That church is who we are. That church is who we are. We, the people here, we're the church. And even when two or three of us gather together, we're the church. At home, at work, at school, wherever we go. That all it would take is two or three people gathered, and that's the church. And and God is saying, Mark, that, see, that's, that's what I've called you to be, is to be a church. Not just to be someplace that people go to, to get together and sing kumbaya and do whatever else. He says, no, I've called you to be the church. And when you're two or three people, or when you're the church gathered together, it doesn't matter, but your mission is to go out. And you've got to reach the next generations. You know, that you've got to go out and you've got to be salt and you've got to be light. And I believe that God has given us a mission way back in 2003 when we started in 2004 and then mission and that vision still stands today. And God is saying, it's time for you to take a giant step forward. And 2019, I believe, is the start of a very significant season for all of us. And I just felt God say to me, even like two days ago, he said, Mark, fasten your seatbelts. Fasten your seatbelts because there's going to be a lot of changes. At our vision service, we talked about new wineskins. You know, that, that God is calling us to change. And God is calling us to grow as a church and also as individuals and things we did in the past, it's just not going to work as we move forward. That, that new wineskins are needed, new ways of thinking and doing are needed because God is going to be pouring in new things, you know, new, new challenges for us. And if we try to do it in the same way that we've done it before, it's just not going to work. And that's what 
he's talking about when he talks about new wine and new wineskins. And as I meditated on that, I realized that, you know what the new wineskins really are that he was talking about? He was talking about all of us, that we need to be new wineskins, that God wants to pour something into our lives, that God wants to pour something into your life. And if you just are there and you're just comfortable and you're just doing the same things you've always done, whatever God pours in will not hold because old wineskins cannot stretch and it'll crack and all the new wine will spill out. And God is saying, it's time for new wineskins as individuals and as a church. Not only that, that I thought God said this is going to be a really faith-stretching time, that, that, that we're going to exercise our faith muscles because change is not always easy, right? A lot of us, we don't like change. It's uncomfortable. It messes things up. But change is so vital if we're going to follow Jesus and walk in this new season that he has for us. We got we to gotta be willing to change. Well, what are we going to change? Whatever God tells us to change, we will change. You know? That whatever he calls us to, we will change. And as we head into this season, what makes it so, so, so important is that how far we go, how successful we are, will all hinge on our willingness to trust and follow him, no matter how uncomfortable things are. You know, earlier this week, my wife shared with me a really timely and, and a very uh, relevant word from a prophetic leader. Uh, um, his name is Rick Joyner. And in so many ways, when I read it, it was just right in line with how God has been leading us. And he writes this. He says, 2018 was a remarkable and wonderful year. 2019 will be even more so. Every year from now on will be more so, but key elements of a great spiritual critical mass will begin to come together in this coming year. This will be a spiritual atomic-like explosion that will happen in 2020. And then what he says, he, he begins to list what those key elements are. And the crazy thing to me is those three elements that he lays out is very, very similar. It's, it's, it's pretty much the three keys that God gave us. I shared with you kind of briefly at our vision service. It's the three same keys. And I just wanted to, to say to you that in order for us to move forward, um, we've got to have this foundation. And the foundation is we've got to begin to, to practice and to build into our lives these three very important keys because these are the keys that will unlock the, what all that God wants for us in the coming year and beyond. And so the first key is a growing relationship with the Lord. A growing relationship with the Lord. Uh, Rick Joyner um, says this. He says, and this is, was, was sobering to me and was exciting. He says, following the Lord in all that we do is no longer just an option. It will be increasing, increasingly costly to disregard the word of the Lord or his guidance in our lives. This is because of his love for us, as was emphasized earlier in Hebrews chapter 12. He must prepare his people 
for the time when not heeding his voice can be devastating or even fatal. So the discipline and consequences of this will increase in speed and degree. However, the fruit of obeying will likely increase. And Hebrews 12, 25, which he's talking about, says, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. And what Rick Joyner is saying is that he's warning us, but he's exhorting us that if we follow the Lord, that's the best thing for us. That's the best thing for us. Because he says, many have begun to experience the greatest times they have ever had in their relationship with the Lord. I don't know if you're experiencing that, but in the last year... I've begun to experience the greatest times that I've had with the Lord. For those who seek Him, this will continually increase. There will be an increasing unity and cooperation between individuals, ministries, and movement. And what he's saying is that if we would make our relationship with the Lord and growing in our relationship with the Lord our highest priority, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be fruitful. And even when just two or three people gather together, what he says is that, that God's going to lead them in something, and when two or three people, just two or three go out, um, what they're going to see is they're going to see an increase in God's power, increase in the fruitfulness. It'll become contagious, and many others will join in and experience the presence and the power of God. Just two or three people. And that's what's going to happen in the future. But, but, but what's going to be so important is that we've got, to, we've got to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And when I was reading that, I thought about the first key that God gave us, which is to be totally dependent on God. That's the first key. We've got to be totally dependent on God. John 15, 5 says, I am divine, you are the branches. You know, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what God's saying. That as we move forward, we've got to be so dependent on Him. How are we dependent on Him? That we stay really close in our relationship with Him. We've got to stay really close. Part of how we're going to do that in a new wineskin is we're going to make small groups what we're going to call our life groups, that is going to be the foundation in our church. And well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the whole big deal is it's new and it's a new wineskin because in the past, in the first season, right here, this service, these services on, su on Sunday, that's been the foundation. We try to do everything we can. We pack as much punch as we can on Sunday morning. But, but moving forward, that's not where we're going to where we're going to put a lot of our energies and time is going to be in these small groups. That I am praying that we would begin to see by, by the middle or the end of 2019, we would see more people that are in these life groups than here on Sunday morning. That life groups will be reaching out to their friends and coworkers, and it will just grow and grow. Because all it takes is two or three people joining together. 
And we're going to talk more about that next year. You'll hear a lot more about that next week. But that's a new wineskin. The second thing that Rick Joyner says is that standing in faith, that we've got to stand in faith in a time of much shaking. He says the national, cultural, religious, and economic fault lines will all become increasingly unstable. And the tremors will grow throughout the world. Major shaking will break out where it was once thought to be stable and secure. And we're, gonna live in a, we're living in a time in which the things that we just thought, well, you know, that'll never change. That'll, something, you know, that's going to be as stable as can be. Those things will begin to shake. And those of you who have stuff in, in the stock market and all, you kind of know things are shaking. You know? But that's just one part. That there's a lot of shaking that's going on. And when we live like that, in an in a environment like that, what happens? We get all stressful and worried. The World Health Organization says that stress is the health academic of the 21st century. You know, there's this organization, Everyday Health. Um, they say this. Our research shows that chronic stress is a national epidemic for all genders and ages, particularly those who are in their 20, uh, 25 to 35 years old. Here's the hard truth. The causes and solutions to chronic stress are a complex mixture of socioeconomic, environmental, genetic, physical, and spiritual factors. And, and with all the shaking that's going on around us, man, we're going to live in a really challenging and stressful time. And what God is saying to us is that when things are shaking, we've got to stand firm. That we've got to stand firm. That we've got to stand in faith, no matter what's shaking all around us. And that if we have built our lives on the rock, which is Jesus, what God is saying is that there's no worldly storm that can knock us off and bring us down. That if we put God first in our devotion and our affection, seeking his kingdom first, he says that there is, there is there's not going to be anything that will be able to knock us down. But we've got to stand in our faith. And he says this, those who, do, those who do this have nothing to fear from the times, but rather they will grow in righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the nature of the kingdom. That's how God wants all of us to live. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what is falling apart around us. He said, if we would stand in our faith, that what we're going to experience is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit because that's the kingdom of God. And I thought about that and I said, you know, what's our second key that God gave to us at the end of 2018? It's total, total reliance on the power of God's grace. See, God is saying we've got to be totally dependent on Him, but we've got to totally rely on the power of God's grace. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for whatever you go through. You know? And it's when you are weak, that's when I make you strong. And, and what Jesus is saying to us is that if, if you would just stand in faith, trusting me that I am going to get you through, there's nothing, when you see everything shaking around you, you will be safe. You will be safe. 
And not only will you be safe, that you will experience righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And not only that, people will begin to say, what is happening in your life? Aren't you stressful? Aren't you afraid? And we're going to see many people come to the Lord because stress is the national epidemic of our time. The third thing that Joyner says is that we've got to walk in God's light and truth. He says, deep darkness that is now spreading over the people will only make the light appear that much brighter. Just as the greatest prophets arose during the greatest times of Israel's apostasy, when Israel fell away, great champions are about to be released throughout the world, preaching the good news of the coming kingdom. And the result will be that nations will come to the light. Don't ever forget that the light will ultimately win. The truth will ultimately prevail. We too will prevail if we walk in his light and his truth. And what he's saying is, and it's just so clear, I mean, this darkness and sin, it's just spreading all around us. I mean, it's crazy to think of some of the things that are happening in our nation. I mean, crazy things. Things that we thought were like, and I, that's not good, is now good. You know, things that we thought never would happen, beginning to happen. And, and what God is saying to us, when, when sin and darkness spreads, that the only way we're going to be able to keep moving forward is, is, is just walking in his light and his truth. And someone said to me, Mark, think about this. If you were in pitch darkness, black, where you couldn't see anything, you couldn't see a hand in front of your face, and if you just lit a little match, it defeats the darkness in that room. Right? That little match will defeat the darkness, and no matter how dark the darkness is. And what God is saying to us, if we would walk in His light, there isn't any darkness that will be able to defeat us. And that in a world in which there is so much deception and, and just craziness going on, he says, if you would walk in my truth, and friends, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. Because God's truth is going to go against the truths, quote, truths of this world. And it's, it's going to, God's truth is going to take us to walk in a place where people are going to look at us like we're strange or we might be mean people or whatever it is. But it's not going to be popular. But Jesus says, if you would walk in my truth, you will prevail. Rick Joyner says, there's a harvest that is coming that is at the end of the age. The greatest move of God that has ever been is now upon us. The greatest ingathering into the kingdom is just beginning. There has never been anything like it before, and there will be nothing like it ever again. And what God is saying, there's so much darkness and so much evil and so much lies that if we would walk in light, it would shine and people will be drawn to the light. People will be drawn to the truth. And people are going to be so desperate because sin just messes everything. 
And people will be desperate for something. And when we walk in light and truth, they're going to say, I need what you have. You know, Pastor Sonny, God has been taking him through a very interesting journey the last couple of months. Uh, if you ask him, he'll probably say it's not the most funnest last couple of months. But, but, but he has chose to be totally dependent. He's going to rely on the power of God's grace. He's going to walk in God's light and truth, even though it's like, oh. And God is making it clear, at least to me, that God's going to use Sonny in an amazing way when it comes to this greatest move of God that is now upon us. We had a Christmas Eve service where the kids would come and people came to see the kids and everyone, you know, all this was going on. It was a hectic night. And Sonny comes up and he shares a short testimony and he gives an invitation to accept this wonderful Savior. Right? Now, we've done that before. But we just had them do something like pick up a packet or something. Sonny said, you would raise your hand. We never had people raise their hands before. So would you raise your hand? And I could see some, and my wife could see some, and, and uh, Pastor Kalchanin was there. He could see some, and he said, you know what? I saw at least 12 people raise their hand. Twelve people raised their hand at a Christmas Eve service where children were just doing songs and all that. That's never happened before. And I felt like that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That if, that if Sonny would continue to walk in light and truth, that's just the beginning. And not just Sonny, but all of us. Because our third key... And when I thought about what God was doing and walking in truth and light and all that, what came to me was, yeah, that's our third key, which is what? Total surrender. We've got to be totally dependent, totally reliant on the power of His grace, and totally surrendered to God. For us to walk in God's light and truth, we've got to be surrendered to Him. In Luke 22, 42, Jesus said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. He's going to die. He's going to go to the cross. He doesn't want to go to the cross. And he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. You see? Walking on our own strength and in our own way and in our own power will not work. It will not work. We must walk in God's light and His truth. To do that, we must continually say, every minute of every day, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. I really want to do it. Not my will, but yours be done. And when we begin to be totally surrendered, and we walk in God's light and truth, we're going to see God do amazing, amazing things. We're in a new season as a church. God is leading us forward. He is. That God is leading us and it's going to take all of us here. We think about next year at this time. What is going to be a new wineskin? There will be a bunch of you who will be 
at a new place with Max starting a church. That's a new wineskin. That's a new wineskin. We're going to see small groups called life groups really become the life of this church. That we're going to reach out, and I'm going to share a whole bunch of what God is showing us. We're going to be reaching out. We're going to be challenged to reach a generation. And if that means moving, we're going to move. And if that means we're spending this much in this location, but it's going to cost this much, but then how are we going to do that? Because a bunch of people are going to go at max inside the church. We're going to do it. Why? Because if God calls us, faithful is he who calls us, that he will make it happen. We've got to believe that. i got to believe that. There will be people um, in roles and, 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 and all kinds of things like that will change. But it's a time and we have to change. And we've got to move forward. And so next week, that's the whole deal. We're going to be talking about what some of these changes look like. And here's the deal. This deal isn't to share all this with you to somehow inspire or encourage you or to share all what's going to be happening so you can sit back and say, well, let's see. Do I want that? Do I want No. I'm praying that God would so touch your heart that you would say, I got to be in on this. I have to be all in on this. I have to be totally dependent on God. That's the only way I'm going to move forward. That I got to be totally reliant on the power of God's grace. And I got to be totally surrendered. And if it means all these changes and that I need to be a major part, that I've got to lead a, a, a life group or whatever it means, I'm praying that you would take that step. That you would take that step. That's why God's leading us. That's why we're sharing what we're sharing in this week and the next two weeks. It's not for information. It's not just for information. It's to give you an opportunity to respond to God and take a step of faith and join in. I promise you, it's going to be great. I can't promise you it's going to be easy. I can't promise you that you're not going to have to sacrifice. You probably will. But at the end of the day, as tired as I was at Christmas Eve service and we had to clean up a whole bunch of stuff afterwards, checks and makes got dumped in my car. But you know what? It was all worth it. Because 12 people made a decision. For all eternity, they're going to be with Jesus. That was worth it. And I'm going to tell you, the sacrifices you're going to have to make and the, the uncomfortable Discomfort. Discomfort you're gonna feel is gonna be worth it. Because you're gonna see friends, you're gonna see people you know, you're gonna see people all around, you're gonna see a generation come to walk as disciples of Jesus. And there's nothing, there's nothing else that's more important than that. Not even, not even your comfort. Not even the 49ers winning Super Bowl. Nothing is more important than that. That is the most important thing. That is God's call. And it's going to take all of us. I want you to stand with me. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts. This wouldn't just be a pep talk. 
that this would be you speaking to our hearts. That you are, that you speaking and telling us it's time to be totally dependent on, on me. It's time to be totally reliant that your power, your strength is not good enough anymore. That you need to rely on the power of my grace. That it's time for you to say, not my will, but yours be done and to be totally surrendered. That's what you're calling us to. Give us the strength to follow through and walk in that way. We thank you in Jesus' name.